Hi, and welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us online and remind you to feel free to visit our website at seacoastvineyard.com anytime for up-to-date information on our local church here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. If you would like to give financially to this ministry, whether that's a one-time gift or a recurring monthly gift, simply click on the Give tab at our website and give however God leads you. Now, we want you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Good morning. Um, as you said, my name's Doug, for those of you that don't know me, and I am super glad to be here. I've got to be honest with you, some things have changed since the last time I was here. Uh, I had a baby. Baby number two, Aiden Marvel Gonzalez is with us, and um, yeah, he's awesome, super cool. And the cool thing was is that while Christy was on maternity leave, uh, she actually got to spend time here on Sunday as well, um, because normally she works, and so it was great to have her be a part of the Seacoast family and come spend some time with us, and it's been a really great couple of months. In fact, she's here right now. Hi, honey. (laughs) How are we doing? Are you guys getting feedback, or are we okay? Can you hear this? good? Okay. All right. So uh, this morning, I want to tell you a story. All right. And I'll start by telling you about my friend, Sherman. All right. Now, Sherman, he was born into a very large family in Northern England. And from an early age, he learned that you kind of follow the oldest in the group, right? So whatever they do, you do. Wherever they go, you go. I'll be honest with you, my friend Sherman, um, he's been dirty pretty much since the day he was born. Had no capability to keep himself clean, wouldn't even want to if he could, just a dirty little character, all right? And uh, one day, I'll be honest with you, Sherman, he wasn't very bright, okay? In fact, he comes from a very long line of very dim-witted generations. Uh, He comes from kind of a situation where one day he's following the family, right? And he kind of got distracted. There was like berries or butterfly or something. I don't know what was going on, but he just kind of walked away. And then he was lost for two days, two whole days. This thing's coming right off my ear. This is crazy. All right, let's try that again. So he was lost for two days. Now, when we found him, he was literally wedged between two rocks. And the crazy thing was he was so stubborn, he refused to back up. So he just kept pushing himself further and further into stuckness, right? I don't know if you guys can relate to that. And it was kind of a big deal whenever Sherman got lost because he was totally defenseless. I mean, he had no capability to defend himself whatsoever. And I'll be honest with you, Sherman's story ends kind of sadly. One day, the leader of the family just walked right off a cliff. Very sad. And then one by one, each family member just kind of followed him off the cliff, one by one, including our poor friend Sherman. Now, as you may have guessed, my friend Sherman is a sheep. And as you may have gathered from the story, sheep are kind of stupid. Yes, they are. Now, why do I tell you this story? Because as flattering as it is, the Bible refers to us, our spiritual condition, over 200 times as sheep. It's exciting, right? Now. So it would stand to reason that when God kind of looks at us, when he looks at our spiritual condition, he goes, you know what? They're kind of like those sheep that I made. They don't kind of get it. It's funny, if sheep were running around just kind of doing whatever they want willy-nilly, 
I'll be honest with you, we probably wouldn't have very many left on this planet. But the reason why we do is one reason, one reason only, and that is the shepherd. The shepherd. Now, some of you may see where I'm going with this. Uh, Jesus, in our text today, he's going to actually define himself, describe himself to us as the good shepherd. He is, in fact, the shepherd to our Sherman. So today we're going to look at John chapter 10. And in kind of this moment, we're going to see an I am statement of Jesus. So as you open up your Bibles, get to John 10. Uh, If you have a Bible app, open it up. And what I want you to do is circle where it says I am something. All right, circle it so you remember it. If you have the Bible app, highlight it. Uh, Make sure that you know, okay, this is the moment where Jesus is going to say, okay, this is who I am. Now, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump in, okay? Here we go. Uh, I'm going to pray like I do when we do student ministry service. Jesus, you are awesome, and we love you, and we thank you so much for what you've done for us. Uh, We just ask that you be with us today. In your name we pray, amen. Now, I did forget to mention this. I think it's kind of official now. I'm the youth pastor here at Seacoast Vineyard, which is kind of exciting, so... (laughs) Uh, which is awesome. Those students are incredible. I love them so much. It's probably one of the biggest and brightest spots in my life has been able to come here and, and spend time with them on Thursday nights. So if you have students, bring them out. It's my shameless plug. All right, starting in verse 11. Here we go. John 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Watch it again. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay my life down for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. So that's Jesus' word to us this morning. Let's kind of set the scene for a minute. Um, The Pharisees, kind of the hyper-religious guys of the day, um, they decide, you know what? We're going to call Jesus out on the carpet right now. I don't like what he's doing, so we're just going to say, you know what? Everything you do is by the power of the devil. I mean, they're really dramatic. And so Jesus says, okay, hold the phone. You guys need to get a real good picture about who I am and what I'm about, all right? And so he goes into the story and says, okay, I'm like a shepherd, and you Pharisees included are like sheep. So let's start by doing this. Let's kind of define what does it mean to be a sheep? What are some of the characteristics of being a sheep, all right? Well, your first fill-in, if you like to follow along and write stuff down, is sheep get lost. Sheep get lost, all right? Now, I don't know if you guys ever feel this way. You guys ever feel like you're lost? You ever feel like you kind of got distracted by something or something just kind of went off kilter? And then kind of before you know it, you look around and there's literally no sheep and no shepherd anywhere to be found. I'm pretty sure I'm going to throw this mic in the trash soon. Um, thank you, Chip, for buying new mics. I appreciate it, man. All right. Now, 
So I'll tell you a story about the first time I ever kind of got lost. Maybe not the first time, but one that I really remember. Um, it was my first time working for a church. <laughs> Can I get a handheld mic? Let's just stop. Can everybody just hang on for a second? Jeez. Talk amongst yourselves. Ready in a second. Check. Ah, there we go. All right, let's give a hand for Chip. He's awesome. Whew. Now I feel comfortable. I feel like I can do some movement. All right, here we go. So we're going to start over from the very beginning. No, I'm kidding. All right, so we're going to start at the first characteristic in which we are like sheep. All right, so if you're writing this down, sheep get lost. All right, we all get lost. I'm going to tell you about the first time I ever really felt lost. All right, so uh, it was my first time ever working for a church. Very exciting for me. All right, I was just, I can't believe it. you're going to pay me to hang out in the building with other Christians and just like do stuff. I'm like, that's awesome. Weren't really any rules. It wasn't a whole bunch of structure. It was like, just show up, love on people, hang out with the kids. I was the youth pastor's assistant. I was like, I got it. All right. Well, the weird thing was, is that after a couple of weeks went by, I started to notice something, all right, that the pastor of the church was kind of like a super cool guy. Like everybody wanted to be around him. Everybody wanted to know what he had to say. Everybody kind of wanted to move in his circle, kind of be a part of what he had going on. And I thought to myself, yeah, I'm going to be that guy right there. That's who I want to be. And so over the coming months as I worked at this job, I pretty much just said, okay, how can I leverage this opportunity to become like that guy? I want people to know my name. I want people to listen to me. I want people to think I'm awesome, super insecure guy. I'm like, who doesn't want people saying I'm awesome, right? So that's what happened. I got lost quick. It became so about not what I was supposed to be about, right? I looked around and I was like, man, there is no one here. I'm in the woods by myself right now. Kind of weird. Now, here's a second feeling. Here's another way that we're like sheep, all right? Write this down if you're into that sort of thing. Sheep are defenseless. Like my poor friend Sherman, right? He's got nothing. He's got no horns. He's got no sharp teeth. He's got no claws. He's got nothing. If a wolf wants to eat a sheep, the only self-defense it has, if it's about to get eaten, is probably indigestion. That's about it. That's my joke. I wrote that myself. You can laugh more. (laughs) I tried really hard at that. Like it took me a few minutes to think of, I need a sheep joke. And that was it. Oh, well. But anyway, it's really sad. The reality is sheep are defenseless, and so are we. We have no capability to kind of see the terrible things that are coming. We don't. It's kind of rough. And even if we could see the terrible things that happen in life, we'd still kind of have to walk through them anyway. Now, uh, as adults, as human beings and not sheep, the reality is a lot of the stuff that we defend against is stuff that kind of messed us up when we were little. Stuff that happened kind of when we were at a young age, and we're kind of still dealing with it to this day. 
And I have my dad to thank for this during his time doing Christian counseling. Um, he kind of noticed this pattern that's kind of somewhere between the age of like 9 and 13, that bracket, there's that event, that thing, that thing that happened, that relationship that failed you, um, that kind of sets you off course that you'll likely have to deal with the effects of probably for the rest of your life. Now, I'm going to take a moment and think, is there some kind of, some point, some event that happened between your ages of 9 and 13 where you're like, yeah, that was pretty rough. I know it happened for me. I was 9 years old. My parents got divorced. And typically during that time, I don't know if it's changed now, but especially then, it was kind of like you just custody went to mom. That's just what happened. Um, My dad was a good dad, but I had a choice. And so I was like, okay, go with mom. All right, fine. And my mom's first order of business was to move to Florida. I moved away. I was like, all right, dad, love you. There I go. And during that time, uh, my mom was just kind of bopping around trying to figure out being a single mom. And so she was working and kind of enjoying being kind of single, I guess. And so I spent a lot of time at some families, a family member's house. All right. Now, one thing you need to know about me is that I kind of had a, a very tight, sheltered upbringing. I'm a very tight Christian home. I wasn't exposed to a lot of darkness. But I was in, now in this environment where I was a nine-year-old kid, and it was very dark. They were not Christians. They were not believers. They were kind of, um, you know, they were trying to figure it out like the rest of us, but there was no goodness going on. It was all very eat or be eaten. And so I experienced some things that were not good for a nine-year-old kid to experience. I was exposed to things should not have been exposed to. I was beat up a lot. I was scared a lot. There was a lot of things that were happening that were not okay for a nine-year-old kid. That's a very sad story, but... That's part of who God's made me to be. But that's that moment. That's that thing that happened. That even to this day, I still kind of deal with the effects of that stuff. I couldn't defend against it at the time. But Jesus, thankfully, is working on it every day. So we're kind of like sheep in that way. We're defenseless. We can't really figure it out on our own. Number three, if you're uh, filling it in, it's sheep are stubborn. Sheep are stubborn. I don't even think I really need an example for this one because I know every single one of us at some point or another has just like dug in, like this is what I'm doing. I don't care what anybody else says. Tunnel vision, right? Kind of like Sherman, right? He was just stuck between two rocks and rather than backing up, he's like, no, I'm just gonna keep going, keep doing it, keep doing it and just going further and further into stuckness. I don't know if any of you guys can relate to that, that moment or that time when you were just like, I want this so bad I don't care what anybody says. I don't care if it's the right thing. I'm just going for it. And then you ended up getting more and more stuck. And so the fourth way, the fourth way we're like sheep, and this one hurts a little bit, to be honest with you. It's kind of stings. Sheep are filthy. Sheep are dirty. They do not look like the little Serta mattress sheep that you see on the commercial. They don't. Um, It'd be nice if they did, but they don't. They're dirty. They're like one giant ball of Velcro just like rolling through the woods. I mean, it just picks up everything, and they don't clean themselves. And in the same way, we're kind of like, we just kind of pick up stuff along the way. We're kind of filled with, we've got sin, we've got shame, we've got dysfunction, we've got bitterness, we've got unforgiveness in relationships. There's so much dirt and grime on us from the brokenness of this world. There's so much, and we can't really get ourselves clean. I don't know if some of you feel filthy right now. 
Some of you are like, dude, you don't even know what I did last night. You, I, I shouldn't even be in this building right now. You don't know what I did this morning. I'm filthy, man. Well, so am I. So you're in good company. Now, I don't know about you guys, but all this sheep talk is depressing, right? I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty rough in here right now. Like, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be related to a sheep. Even if it's true, it's still really uncomfortable, right? You can respond. It's uncomfortable. But see, this is why I love preaching so much. Because we've created this tension. We've created this, this whole thing inside of us that's going, oh my God, I don't want to be like a sheep. That's horrible. But my friends, our incredibly desperate, sheepish lot in life is met with a good shepherd. Amen. It's met with a good shepherd. So we've got to kind of go over some, let's go over some fill-ins about how our good shepherd is good. Let's write that down, all right? So the first way in which our shepherd takes care of us is that he guides us. The good shepherd guides us. See, even though we get lost constantly, Jesus is constantly coming to get us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. In our, in our scripture, in verse 2, he says, he calls his own sheep and leads them out. See, it took me a while to kind of remember that I had a shepherd when I was working at the church, kind of doing my own thing. I was pursuing selfishness and, and notoriety, and I was going after all the wrong things. And then I kind of looked up, and, and there Jesus was going, hey, man, we got we to gotta get back on track here. You're, this isn't, you're not pursuing good character right now. You're, you're pursuing the wrong things. Let's, let's put you back in line, back in the family, and get you on track. Because see, it's, it's, poor, it's important to know that Jesus cares about our character. He really does. I like during our Transform series that we did, um, the previous series, where Rick Warren says, look, the only thing you take into eternity with you is you. That's it. You leave everything else behind but you. And so Jesus finds it very important to really take care of your character. That's why it's so important for God to work on your character because that's the only thing you're taking with you. So Jesus cares about guiding us into good character. Fill in number two, how our shepherd takes care of us. He provides for his sheep. He provides for his sheep. Verse 11 says, he lays his life down for the sheep when the wolves come. See, Jesus laid it all on the line for us. You see, that moment in Florida of my life, I was there for nine months. And it was, it was devastating. I mean, it was brutal. And one day, I went on vacation to go visit my dad. And I said, Dad, look, I, I can't do this. I can't go back there. It's not a good place for me. Um, it's just really scary. Kind of told him what was going on. And he called my mom. And he said, look, um, no more. This isn't happening. He's not going back. He's staying with me. And that was probably the most important moment in my young life. That was where everything changed. That's where uh, I was brought out of darkness into some really good stuff, into light. My dad was a good man, loved Jesus like crazy. And so he pulled me out and brought me into something good. And here's the cool thing that I never realized until I started writing this story down. I never even went back to get my stuff. That was it. It was done. Never went back there again. Leave it all behind brought into a new family, 
new identity, new way of doing things. Now, I'll be honest with you, during that time, there were some rough things. And so I kind of picked up some ways of living in that nine months that weren't really healthy. And so I had to learn. I had to kind of grow and change and have be taught again how to live right. And so what my dad did for me was amazing. And he rescued me from a very physically bad situation. But what the good shepherd has done for me, what he has done is infinitely more important. He rescued me from the bad shepherd. He rescued me from sin and death. He pulled me out of what I could never get pulled out of on my own. There was nothing I could do. And so when I say the good shepherd provides for his sheep, Jesus provides for us in a big way. And that's a good thing. It's because here's the deal. Jesus didn't just warn us of danger. He didn't say, hey guys, don't go that way. No, Jesus <laughs> subject himself to the danger and then he beat it. I'm going to say that again. Jesus subject himself to danger. He said, okay, I'm going to put myself in front of all this. And then he beats it. And that's good news. So you can get, start getting excited now because we're ramping up. <laughs> so this is the incredible role of the good shepherd in our life. And this is what's so amazing about Jesus and how he defines himself for us. Third fill-in. He corrects his sheep. He corrects a sheep. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not super thrilled about correction. I don't know about any of you guys, but I'm like, uh, not so much. But verse 14 says, I know my sheep and they know me. So there's a connection there. Jesus knows you. And I'll tell you, nothing says I love you like a smack in the head when you're acting stupid. <laughs> really doesn't. Any good parent will smack their kid around if they're acting stupid. Why? Because they love their kid. Jesus loves his sheep. And he knows us and he loves us enough to help kind of correct all that dysfunctional and messed up attitudes we bring to the table as little sheep. See, we may not always like it, but here's the deal, guys. Bad decisions hurt us. Sin is not called sin because it's on God's naughty list. Sin is called sin because it is straight devastating to our souls. And it is devastating to the people around us. And so Jesus cares about us and loves us enough to, hey, get back in line. Don't do that. So there's this uh, kind of, I don't know if it's like still done today, but there was a time, and I have Brian to thank for this story, uh, that when a sheep, like a wayward lamb, was born into a family, if it was one of those lambs that just always ran off, always got lost, always kind of did its own thing, um, what the shepherd would do is he would pick up the lamb and he'd had this like stick and he would crack the leg of the lamb. Now that sounds pretty awful. I'm sure no one would want to have their leg broken. But if you were to sit down a lamb, assuming that it all of a sudden wasn't stupid and you said, look, do you want to have a broken leg or do you want to get eaten? Which would they choose? It's like, well, I think I'd rather take the broken leg. So the shepherd cracks the leg of the lamb and then he mends it up, makes sure it's going to heal properly, and throws that lamb on his shoulders. And for the next two months, he will carry that lamb, doing all of his work. And so he will feed it on his shoulder, he will talk to it, he will pet it, he will sleep with it, he will lay down, and then he will do all this stuff. And then by the time it's all over, two months are over, puts the lamb down. Do you think that lamb's ever going to run away again? Absolutely not. That lamb looks at the shepherd and says, that's my source. That's where I get food, that's where I get comfort, that's where I get anything I got going on, 
that's the guy. So sometimes Jesus needs to do a little cracking of the leg in order for us to be thrown up on his shoulder so we can learn that's where the good stuff comes from. It comes from him. And so finally, our last fill-in, the good shepherd protects. The good shepherd protects. Verse 17 and 18 says, again, I lay down my life willingly. We see it on the cross, this final act of protection and redemption for God's sheep, that no more are we kind of subject to the craziness of this world and we have no hope, but the shepherd comes and says, okay, I'm going to do this final act of protection, and he puts himself up on the cross and dies for us. And then he's raised again on the third day, and it's this beautiful moment where we finally can have access to redemption. You see, Jesus does the combat while we rest in the community. Jesus does the combat while we rest in the community. So in closing, I kind of want to address three groups of people here this morning mostly because it fits well with my sermon and I like to do that kind of thing, but there are three groups of people here this morning, all right? Group one, which is probably most of you. You are in the fold. You are sheeps in the fold. And this morning, I just want you to be reminded of what the good shepherd is and what he's about. I've always said the gospel for a Christian is like the combustion engine of the soul, that when you hear the good news, it explodes to life inside of you and propels you forward into, into newness with God because you're reminded of the amazing role that Jesus has played in our lives. He's everything. He saved us. He saved us from Satan's sin and death. And so when you hear that good news and you're reminded of all the things he's done, it should push you forward into new life. Group two, and this is one I'm really concerned about. Some of you here this morning are in danger. Some of you, maybe you feel like the wolves are circling. I don't know if anyone here feels like that, but you feel like the wolves are closing and you have no defense. Maybe your finances are a mess. Maybe you're carrying some broken relationships. Maybe you've got some addictions you're kind of working through. And what happens in a setting like this is that what we do is we, we check the danger at the door and then we come in, keep it cool, and then we pick our danger back up and walk out. But I'm here to tell you this morning, the good shepherd sees you. The good shepherd sees you and he's not going to let you get eaten. It may be scary. It may be painful. But if you let him, the good shepherd will stop you from getting eaten. Finally, in group three, some of you here this morning, you're still lost. You're still bopping around in the woods somewhere. You're in the wilderness. You're wounded. You're tired. You're hungry. You're searching for someone to come save you from you. Well, this is the best news, that the good shepherd is calling your name. He walked out there in the woods, he's calling your name, and he's coming to get you. So I don't know if you can hear him this morning, but if you can, you're going to have an opportunity to respond to that, that the good shepherd came to get you and wants to bring you into the family. So, Let's retell Sherman's story, except this time with a good shepherd. So my friend Sherman was born in northern England to a large family, and he was kind of born into some really dysfunctional ways of doing things. I mean, he was just, it was a mess. And then one day, 
uh, he notices that a man shows up to purchase him. And he gets pulled out of that dysfunctional and broken family and gets put into a new one. And the shepherd's first order of business is he cleans him up, cleans all his wool out, takes all the dirt, takes all the grime, takes all the, all the messed up, any wounds that he had prior, he starts to work on them and heal them up until he has as white as snow. And then he puts him into the family. Now Sherman has a new identity. He is now part of the good shepherd's flock. He gets a new way of doing life. It's not going to fly anymore for him to just go and, and go off and do his own thing and get lost or, or kind of eat things he shouldn't be eating. Not anymore. The good shepherd's going to teach him. He's going to teach him a new way to do life. Sherman now gets protection. Sure, there may be moments in Sherman's life where he's afraid. He may forget that the shepherd's there. He'll see a wolf in the distance and go, oh my God, I'm freaking out. But the shepherd's there. He now has protection. And then finally, our friend Sherman, he gets care. That he gets a long-lasting relationship with the good shepherd. And he lives a long and happy life under the watchful eye of the good shepherd. So what does it mean that Jesus is the good shepherd? We were dumb. We were dirty. We were discouraged. We were in danger. And our shepherd came to get us. And that shepherd's name is Jesus. And he, he's good. So we're going to follow him. Now we're going to have the worship band come up. And during that time, if you found yourself in any one of those groups, needing to be reminded of the goodness of God, being in danger and not sure what's going to happen, or being lost and need to be found and brought into the family. If you're in any one of those groups, don't miss an opportunity to encounter Jesus this morning. Don't miss an opportunity to, to get with the good shepherd and have him take care of you. So we have people here that are willing to pray with you. They're usually in the back. They've got little cards on. Don't leave here without getting prayer for the danger that you're in. Don't leave here without getting encouragement about the good shepherd. And don't leave here if you're lost and you want to be in the family. Come talk to me. Come talk to somebody who's a leader. Talk to someone on the prayer team. Don't walk out of here without becoming part of the family because he's good and he'll take care of us. Let's pray. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast from Seacoast Vineyard Church in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We look forward to you joining us next time on iTunes or at our website, www.seacoastvineyard.com.